Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. 41-15, to 15, the Colts dominate the Buffalo Bills from start to finish. It was a full 60-minute game. We've been begging for a 60-minute game. When we led 14-zip, I tweeted out, the game starts now. 16-point lead late in the third quarter against the Baltimore Ravens. We go on to lose the game. 14-point lead against the Tennessee Titans. We go on to lose the game. Early 14-point lead against the Buffalo Bills. And we hadn't even started playing our best football of the game. And this was one of the best, most complete start-to-finish four-quarter 60-minute games I've seen the Colts play in a very, very long time. Jason, let's hit on the keys to the game real quick. We'll start on the defense. Key number one, keep Allen in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. Yep, and we did that very, very well. They kept him in there and, you know, put pressure on him. That was huge in this game, and he turned the ball over, and the defense made plays when they had to. When the ball when the ball's in the air, they made plays on the ball. George Odom with a great interception early on, and it just carried on throughout the game. Key number two, limit big plays. Yeah, they really didn't have any huge, huge plays in this game. They had a couple, one long run, and I think a couple passes, but nothing where it was like a 50, 60-yard touchdown, so they did that. They were very fundamentally sound today and played a really, really good game on defense. Key number three, forced turnovers. <laughs> Special teams, defense, all just absolutely great today. Forced a ton of turnovers. Definitely uh, flipped the game, gave us momentum, and and led to an absolutely dominating win. We said that would be a huge factor in this game, and it was the difference in my opinion. On offense, key number one, no turnovers. Yep, absolutely. Guys did a great job taking care of the ball. They only put it on the ground one time, and they recovered it. Absolutely had to have no turnovers in this game and limit the penalties. They did an outstanding job doing that. And we won the turnover difference for zip. Buffalo came into this game number one in turnover differential in the NFL, and we beat them 4 nothing in the rain in their own building in turnovers. When we got the first one on the George Odom pick, and it could have been five because I thought he had his hands in control on that second one. It was overturned. We do end the game with four turnovers, three on defense, one on special teams, and obviously we turned the ball over zero times on offense, four zip in turnovers. After we had that first one, I tweeted out, we're up one nothing in turnovers. If we could win that battle, we could win this game. We dominated that battle, and we dominated the game. Key number two on offense, run the damn ball. Jason, did we run the ball? Absolutely dominated them up front. Jonathan Taylor with a, just a outstanding – I mean, I can't say enough about him. We ran the ball. Naheem ran the ball well. Hell, uh, Deion Jackson came in late, ran the ball. I mean, the offensive line was outstanding today, and I can't say enough about Jonathan Taylor. That was a performance of a, of a career today, five touchdowns. He's a special, special player, and uh, they, they needed to really hammer down that run in the second half, and after the really the first possession where I thought they kind of got away from it a little bit, they did the rest of the the rest of the game, and just I thought they just dominated on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. So yeah, they took care of the the ball, and they and they dominated running. And JT just took over the game. As a team, forty six carries for two hundred and sixty four yards, five point seven yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns, all by Jonathan Taylor, plus the receiving touchdown for Jonathan Taylor as well. And then key number three on offense. Be efficient in the red zone. Taking a look at the red zone numbers. Six trips, 
four touchdowns. I'll take that. No turnovers in the red zone. No turnovers, period. Kicked a couple field goals. That is extremely efficient in the red zone. Key number three, efficiency in the red zone and the green zone. No question. I mean, six for six, two field goals, four touchdowns. I mean, that's 34 points. You can not You can only get a little bit better than that against the number one defense in the league. I said it's pretty damn impressive, man. Great job all the way around by everybody just, you know, getting the ball in the end zone. And really the offensive line just, just absolutely just dominating this game. Yep, and both sides of the ball, of course, special teams as well, and they got a turnover in this game, all three phases. But we give keys on offense. We give keys on defense. Six for six. Frank Reich's best game plan, probably as the Colts head coach. It was simple. It wasn't rocket science. But most of the time, Jason, we're not asking for rocket science. Against Tennessee, when your quarterback's on two bum ankles and you have a running back who's averaging six yards per carry, it doesn't need to be rocket science. You don't need to get complicated. It doesn't need to be complex. You could do basic nope. algebra. It doesn't need to be calculus sometimes. No, and that's what it was today. It was basic, and we basically blew the doors off the Buffalo Bills. You're absolutely correct. I mean, Frank was great. I thought Fluce was great. I thought that I, I really think the key for our, our team going forward and in, in the way to win games is what it was today. Run the ball, possess the ball, eat clock, keep the defense off the field, keep, keep the opposing quarterback off the field, and, you know, lean on our offensive line. I mean, that's what we did today. That's a very good football team, and we just snatched their heart and just beat them down. And and that the Colts have the ability to do that. Now they've proven it to me. I, I will admit freely that everybody that said, the, you know, that I was being too negative, you were right. I was wrong on this game 100%. I will 100% eat all the crow in the world. I love it. I love the win. I love the way they played. It gives me so much hope going forward for the rest of the year. It's not just that they won. It's the way they won. I mean, that game was never really close outside of, what, 14-7? to seven, And then it was just – we just turned it up after that. Dominated. I mean, both sides of the ball. The defense was really, really good. I mean, they just from – you can't – I can't say enough good things from, from the coaching staff on down. All three phases of the game, just a dominating performance and, and just a special, special win. This is the biggest win and the most complete win that I can remember in a very, very long time. I mean, just in the, the way we dominated that team, just an outstanding performance from top to bottom. Jason, it's funny. At halftime, I tweeted. I did a lot of tweeting today. At halftime, I tweeted that the first half might have been the most complete half against a good team on the road, hostile environment that I've seen since the Peyton Manning era. After the completion of this game, you could say the second half was more dominant than the first half, more complete than the first half. So we might have played our two best halves, individual halves of football, in about 12-plus years within the same game. Of course, there was a lot of games that have come and gone since then. I'm probably missing a game or two here or there. But this game was just so complete on both sides of the ball, well executed. You're not going up against a team with a really good defense and a bad offense or a really good offense and a bad defense. You're going up against a team who came into week 11 first in points allowed, the best defense allowing the least amount of points in the National Football League, and an offense that was second in points scored. They scored the second amount of points per game in the National Football League entering week 11. Defensively, we hold them to two touchdowns. The last one's kind of prevent garbage time a little bit. The first one easily could have been an interception for George Odom. It would have been his second of the game. It gets reviewed. It gets overturned. I didn't like the call. I thought he had control. 
We could argue about that, but it's really not worth it because the game turned into a blowout. We come away with four takeaways in this game. We have the big sack. Would he pay for that fumble before the half that they were able to jump back on top of? I mean, it was just a dominant performance on defense against a team who came in averaging over 30 points per game. And at home, they were averaging like 40 points per game. It was like 35 plus per game at home. Jacksonville on the road brought that number down a little bit on the road, but their home road splits. I think they were the best offense in the league at home this season defensively holding teams to I think 15 points per game we put up 15 points I think in two or three different quarters and we scored 41 for the game and Jason I can't say enough about Jonathan Taylor I thank Reich for finally listening finally doing what we've been begging him to do it doesn't need to be 32 carries like it was today but if you go back to either one of those Titans games and he gets 22 to 25 carries, maybe 32 carries like we saw today. We win at least one, maybe both of those games. And we're in a totally different spot right now. We're probably looking at a chance to win the AFC South or in control to go out and win the AFC South. But what he did today was nothing short of historic. Not just Colts franchise history, but NFL history. 32 carries, 185 yards. 5.8 yards per carry, which is funny because he came into this game averaging 5.8 yards per carry. He goes out and has an incredible performance, and that is his season average, 5.8. This guy is consistently a 5.8 yards per carry running back. 4.0 could get you into the Hall of Fame. This guy is consistently rushing for damn near 6 yards per carry. Four rushing touchdowns to go along with three receptions for 19 yards and a receiving touchdown. Five touchdowns on the day for Jonathan Taylor. He is just the fifth running back to do it since 2000. Sean Alexander, who won an MVP, I think the season he did it. Clinton Portis, Jamal Charles, Alvin Kamara did it last year, and now Jonathan Taylor. So pretty good company right there. It is a historic achievement to be able to score five touchdowns in one game. He actually did it in the first three quarters of this game. And the play, Jason, or the back-to-back -back plays, which I will remember for a very long time, he has a 40-yard run to go down inside the 10-yard line. Incredible run down at the 10. So from the 50 to the 10. The next play. No stoppage o'clock, no timeout. The very next play, he has a 10-yard rushing touchdown. He jukes. He makes the guy miss. He breaks a couple tackles. He stiff arms a guy. He walks into the end zone. Most guys come out after the 40-yard run. Well, most guys don't even finish that 40-yard run because it was such an incredible run to even get down to the 10-yard line. Then he stays in the game. He's not tired. And on the next play... He doesn't even get tackled into the end zone. He walks in after making a guy miss, breaking a couple tackles, getting a stiff arm, walks into the end zone. He is just an incredible, incredible football player. And he is, with or without a healthy Derrick Henry in the National Football League, he is the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion. It's Jonathan Taylor, the best back in the league. Yeah, and the thing I love about JT is, is he's, he's still getting better. I mean... When he came in the league, he was already an outstanding running back as far as carrying the ball, but he's really, really improved on his his, his catching the ball out of the backfield and his fumbling. He, he's cut that just completely out. He doesn't fumble the ball. And then the biggest thing with him was his his blocking. He needed to work on his blocking, and, and a lot of that stuff, you know, blocking people don't notice, but that's a really important part of a running back's job. 
and he's been absolutely incredible at all that stuff this year. And and then you talk about, like you said, I mean, the plays the guy makes, he's got incredible vision, incredible balance, great speed, quick through the hole. I mean, he, he reads things, he sees things. I mean, he's, he's like Marlon Mack on steroids. I mean, he's so, so good. And I love Marlon Mack and he was good too, but this guy's on another level and he's still getting better. And that's the scary thing for the rest of this league because he can still improve. He's only in what he's only played uh, a year and a half. So he's going to keep getting better. And I, I mean, the guy is just, he's a workhorse. He's a great teammate. He's just an outstanding player an outstanding person. We're lucky to have him. I'm glad Chris Ballard didn't listen to me when we drafted him. Cause I, I was, you know, I was against the running back, but I was wrong. This guy is just sensational in every way. And I cannot wait to see, him you know the way he finishes this year because he's just playing outstanding right now he's unbelievable man he is absolutely unbelievable he's so much fun to watch he's the best back in the league but jason if you go back to that podcast we did when we drafted him we both said he will be and he better be a first team all pro within his first two years i said the first two years in the league because if you take a running back that high, he kind of has to be, in my opinion. My philosophy against running backs and taking running backs early is negated by two things, being a Super Bowl contender and that guy being an immediate impact player. They have to be because they are a dime a dozen. It's not a position where you could build around and they're going to be there for 10-plus years. So you need them to hit the ground running and to hit the ground running and be a great player for the first three to five years during Indianapolis – you need to compete. So hopefully this team could compete. And Jason, I'm getting that vibe after this game. And I know it's just one game, but one of our big things was we needed proof of concept to go out and beat a good team. Well, our proof of concept isn't beating a good team. It's annihilating a good team on the road in arguably the toughest place to play in the AFC, one of the best home crowds and home field advantages in all of sports. I mean, the Buffalo Bills crowd is insane. And we took them out of the game early and we just dominated. And we always said this about Frank Reich. Through all the criticism, I always said the most frustrating part about him is I know he's better than this. I know he's not an idiot like Chuck Pagano where there was a physical limitation. He mentally just was not smart enough, good enough to be a coach in the National Football League. There were things that he would do wrong that he couldn't even comprehend. I was starting to get nervous that that could be Frank Reich because there was a lot of repetitive mistakes and I was starting to get nervous. You know what? It might not be getting through to him, but we always gave him credit for being smarter than he's coaching. It was in there somewhere. And I don't know if he had that conversation in the HBO special in the first episode of Hard Knocks that Chris Ballard was talking to about with Montgomery. But something has changed. And any semi-logical person, and obviously Reich is a great football mind, but he's able to do with quarterbacks, and he's been a great offensive coordinator and everything in Philadelphia. So I'm not discrediting him as a football guy and a guy who's been in the league and played in Buffalo where we just were today and had that incredible comeback. So he's a football guy through and through. And it doesn't take a genius to be able to tell that Jonathan Taylor is an incredible running back and you have an offensive line that's way better running the ball than they are in pass protection. And hopefully this now continues because the light obviously went off. He has to see it now because you don't go out and give a guy 32 carries and watch a guy go off for 1,122 yards through 11 weeks and not see it. So I think he sees it. So as long as he's not stubborn and as long as he's not eager and itching to get 
Carson Wentz more credit, which he wasn't today. Wentz was, what, 11 for 20 with 100 yards and a touchdown? So as long as Reich is not playing a game within a game trying to get everybody to see how amazing Carson Wentz is, this is not a team. I'm not going to go out and say the Colts are a Super Bowl contender. But this is not a team you're going to want to see if we could get into the playoffs, which is still not going to be easy. There's still a lot of good teams left on the schedule that we're going to have to beat. But this is not a team you're going to want to see in the postseason because of our ability to run the football. And if Reich's committed to it, it's a tough team to beat because you go to Buffalo, it's cold. You go to Kansas City, it's cold. Kansas City doesn't have a good defense. You go to Baltimore, where we really should have won this year. And you have to see a running back like Jonathan Taylor and a team that's able to you know, put their head down and run through you and have an offensive line that can maul you for 60 minutes. It's not the type of team you want to see in the postseason because we're not your typical pretty boy dome team. We're a hard-nosed outdoor type of team, and we're starting to play good football, but we were taking it with a grain of salt because we hadn't done it against a good team. And we only had one real blowout win, and it was against the Houston Texans. Now, we have proof of concept that we could go on the road and beat a good football team. And we didn't just beat them. We kind of dominated them in this game. No question. And the AFC is wide open. And the thing I, the thing that I look at with this team, and I, and I don't know if you agree with this, but from what I've seen, they actually play better on the road. They went into Baltimore, which is I mean, Baltimore is hard enough to beat in Baltimore, but they went into Baltimore Monday night football, night game. They're almost impossible to beat at night in that stadium. It's just that place is crazy. And we went in there and basically played, I mean, just a di- it was it was like this game for three quarters. And then our secondary just started dropping like flies. I mean, it, it just is what it is. So my point. If you look at this game and you look at that game, you look, you know, look the other game for the 49ers game, Tennessee, I kind of throw out um, because I just don't know what that was as far as our offensive game plan. But we've been in every game and on the road, we've really been in position to win every game. And I like this team on the I, like, I don't think it makes a real I don't think it's really that big of a deal not having home field with this team because they have they have an outdoors team. In my opinion, like the team, like the kind of team that can go in and play anywhere and in bad conditions are almost better for this team because they can just, OK, we're going to run the ball. You can't stop it. And it almost makes Frank Reich use Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, if we can get into the playoffs, I mean, this thing is wide open. There's no real dominant team that I'm afraid to play. The Colts can play with anybody. If they play their game and they go th- and they use Taylor and they play smart, and they're balanced. They can beat anybody. So, and I've never said that that wasn't possible that they couldn't win any of these games. I just needed to see it. Now I've seen it, and not only did they win, they went into a tough place to play in bad conditions and absolutely kicked the dog crap out of a really really good football team with a great player at quarterback, good receivers, number one defense, and just I mean. I don't know what was said this week, but that was a different team I saw. That was just a different team. The mentality and the way they just buried that team, the the Bills, no let up, no foot off the gas. They were on the gas the entire game, and there was no let up. And that's what I want to see, the consistency the rest of the year of just 
you know, when you get up on a team, you know, and, and you can run the ball, I don't care. They can put all 11 guys in, well, not 11, but they can put nine guys in the box. I don't care. I want, you know, 28 against anybody. I want to see it. I want to see somebody actually stop him for 60 minutes. It hasn't been done. Nope. So I think it. I think the key with this team is lean, leaning on, to me, the MVP or, or certainly an MVP candidate if we continue to win. He's just – he is unbelievable. Um, I can't say enough about him. The offensive line, too, we got to give them kudos. I thought they just dominated up front. You know, I thought Frank had some really, really cool – play calls some of those misdirections to, to Hines that he broke out were great play designs that he busted off I think Hines busted off like 15 or 20 yards on a couple of those plays so you know I just think from top to bottom this is just a different just a different animal this week just a different team I thought the coaching was outstanding on every in every facet I thought the play was great I don't have any negatives outside of like the first possession of the second half when they're through it every down I was like what are you doing but then Frank got, you know, back to the running game, and that was that. It was a blip in the road, and the Colts just, you know, mm-hmm. they put the hammer down, and, it, I mean, they just dominated. It was just – I can't – off the top of my head, Luke, I cannot think of a more dominating performance on the road of a of a playoff team in the – I don't I can't remember the last one we had. I really can't. So The game I was um, thinking, Jason, was an actual playoff game. When we went on the road in 2018 with luck at quarterback, we didn't score as many points. I think we scored 21 points, but I thought we really physically dominated the Texans in that game, wild card weekend. That was the game yeah, I was a, thinking of. Yeah, it's a good one. The one thing I would say is the Texans defense, I don't think was nearly as good as no. the Bills. No, and, so, and it, was a, it was like a normal score game. Right. Like we only scored right. 21 I, points, I think, and we had right. an elite quarterback. In this game, we got almost not like Wentz made an incredible play where he ducked out of a sack and he was able to pick up a first down with his legs and he made one or two nice throws. Like I think he made one nice third down throw. I don't know who it was too. I can't remember. It might've been Pittman. It might've been Doyle. It might've been T Y. I think it was T Y. Yeah. They had a great, they, they had a couple good hookups today. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, I mean, you just look at the stat line and of course the game is not told by a stat line in some cases. I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't with Wentz. It's not because you look, 11 for 20, 106 yards, a touchdown, no picks. So it doesn't look like a real great game, of course. It looks like a nothing game. I don't even, if I saw that stat line, I don't even know how I would feel about the game if I didn't watch it. Like if you told me that's his stat line, what's the final score? I sure as hell wouldn't have guessed 41 points. And I'm the biggest pom pom give Taylor 20 plus carry guy there is. But you didn't really get too much, nor did you need to or ask for that much from the quarterback today. And we still go out and dominate the way we did. You go back to that game. Marlon Mack was phenomenal against Houston in that playoff game. But you still have Andrew Luck at quarterback, so it's different. As far as just like really beating up on a good defense and beating up on a good offense. I mean, just both sides of the ball was tremendous. It was it was a great win, man. I, I, it's one of the best regular season wins in the last ten years for sure. I mean, the Kansas City game, everybody craps on that win. They says you know it says it wasn't that great of a win, but we went in there with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and, and won. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like this. No. I mean, this was just start to fit. I mean, dude, the first they, I think the first four possessions we we scored, and three of them I think were touchdowns. Well, even the whole so, game, I think we only punted one time and we had no turnovers. Right. And and the thing, I, like going back to what you were saying about Carson, 
I know people are going to take this as me being negative, but I'm, I'm really not. The thing I like about this situation is, and I've said this repeatedly, I don't think Carson is a top 10 quarterback, but I don't think he has to be for us to win. Mm. I think, you know, as long as he just plays his game, doesn't turn the ball over, takes care of the ball, I, I think the guy that we lean on is 28. And then that takes all of the pressure off of Wentz. When you can run the ball like we did today, and I think, you know, a lot of the reason why, you know, our passing game didn't click was obviously the weather. That had a lot to do with it. So there's that. But when you have a player like Taylor, an offensive line like we have, that's so good in a run game, that takes so much pressure off Wentz. I'm not saying Wentz is a bad quarterback either. People are, you know, get get it confused when I say he's not a top 10 quarterback that I, that I think he sucks. That's not the case at all. I think he's probably, you know, between 10 and 15. And that's 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 good enough to win with. I mean, Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer's won a Super I mean, people, there's all kinds of quarterbacks that weren't, in my opinion, as good as Carson Wentz. So I, I think he's capable of taking the Colts to the Super Bowl, but I, I think the team is at its best when it's complimentary football. And we saw that today because – and really we leaned on the run today. And, and you have to – in the playoffs, everybody says, you know, this is a passing league. In the playoffs, you got to be able to run the ball because you're going to see great defenses in the playoffs. It's going to be weather and all that. And that's, and that's how you win in the playoffs. At some point, you're going to have to really physically dominate a team up front. And that's where we have an advantage. And we have the best running back in the game right now. So I'm really excited, man. I'm excited to see what the rest of the season has. I want to see, you know, if Frank can, can consistently, you know, be good now. If he's figured it out, like, okay, I have to. I mean, and I'm, we're not saying, people listening, we're not saying we have to run Taylor 30 times a game. I need 20 a game, at least. And, you know, just some kind of balance. And I think we'll be in every game. We'll have a chance to win every game. I really think New England's going to win that division. So, you know, Buffalo, I think just based on what I've seen, I think they're going to have trouble with New England. But who knows? They're still really good. As far as we're concerned, though, hopefully we didn't get too many injuries in this game. And, um, you know, Tampa plays on Monday, so they got a short week, and then they got to come to Indy. Mm -hmm. So it's a big game next week. But as far as this game goes, man, it's just it's got to be a huge confidence builder for everyone, for the coaches, for the players, for the fans. I know I feel a hell of a lot better after watching that performance. Like, this team can beat anybody. If he play like that in Buffalo with those fans against that quarterback, I mean, we – I mean, Allen, we just – we shut him down. Yep. He didn't do anything. I mean, we really and then had... we got an interception off the Nickelodeon valuable player. <laughs> oh man, what a what a win! Huge win, man! I hope the fans are pumped. Jason, I hope you know what I was thinking during not even during this game. I was thinking about it Wednesday night into Thursday. I almost said it on the preview. I didn't. I still took the Bills because I was big on proof of concept. I have to see us beat a team over five hundred before I pick us to beat a team over five hundred. Part of me kind of felt like. After the HBO debut, that there might be a little bit of like it could go one of two ways. We could either implode and it could be a disaster and the locker room has problems on HBO and it's a big thing like that. Or it goes the other way and you have a little Cinderella kind of story with the cameras. And it turns into this incredible story where the team started 0-3, they made a run to the playoffs, and the entire thing was documented. And the cameras come in last week, 
we win a kind of ugly game. We were pissed off last week. So people know we don't just get happy every win. We do care about what goes on in between the game and how we get to the final score because last week we were not happy after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had fun Wednesday night after Hard Knocks. We laughed a lot. We came in, did the preview on Friday. I wouldn't be surprised, and this game definitely proves that little mini theory of mine, when you're on a show like HBO, it could really go one of two ways. It could be a disaster, or you could have that little Cinderella magic. And we are now 5-1 and one over the last six. And we would be on a, what, a seven-game winning streak if we don't blow double-digit leads, 14-plus point leads, to the Titans and the Ravens. So we've won every game, and the two games we didn't win, I think they both went to overtime, right? And they were both lost after leading by 14 or 16 points. So we're very close to winning every game since that terrible 0-3 start. We've had a ton of injuries. We're getting guys back. We're playing good football. Reich finally realizes that he has the best running back and maybe the best playmaker in all of football behind a good run-first offensive line. We're a team where we're still going to need to root for other things because we're playing catch-up and there's a lot of teams that are all kind of jumbled up and we play good teams coming up we have the bucks next week we have the cardinals on christmas day raiders like we have teams that are over 500 still left on this schedule but each game is winnable and we proved today that it's possible that we win all those games so it'd be nice right with the cameras every wednesday night watching this team go on a little magical kind of run to the postseason no absolutely and Man, I don't know if you saw any any of the Houston Tennessee games. Bro. Jesus, Tennessee looked horrible. But they looked I mean, so just, good the last three weeks. It's crazy. It's so they are such a weird team. They've beaten every good team they've played, and then they've crapped the bed against the Jets. And then that game was at home. I know they had five turnovers, dude. What? They're I mean, eight and three. And they lost to the Jets, and they lost to the Texans. Texans. And the Texans looked awful coming into this game. The I Texans mean, haven't won since week one when they played a rookie debut, Trevor Lawrence, and Urban Meyer in his NFL debut. So that's yeah. a terrible win. And then they're getting blown out every week since, and they go out and they beat the Titans by nine points. What was the spread in that game? It must have been double digits, big double digits for the Titans. I mean, they turned the ball over five times. I mean, I Titans by I 10, don't know what, which is actually lower than I would have thought. But that's a 19-point difference. They covered the spread by 19 points. I mean, it's they're just such a weird team to me. I I, 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 I don't wonder. Like, it's just hard to wrap your mind around, but yeah, that's the NFL, about polar. Yeah, I mean, you, you you don't show up against anybody, and you're, you're going to lose now. Maybe I, I should... I mean, they beat the theory. crap out of the Rams yeah, in it, in LA on prime yeah. time. I mean, to be fair to them, they've got they do have a ton of injuries on offense, and it's I think an AJ Brown got hurt today, so now they have no AJ Brown, no Julio Jones, no no Derrick Henry, and so I, I get it. But even even still, losing to friggin' Houston on your home field, I mean, I. That's what I'm saying. The AFC is wide open, man. It, it, no, no it there's is. no dom- the only problem there's no is dominant. there's no teams as bad as the Jets or the Texans in the playoffs to beat the Titans. That's a fair point. 
Yeah, I would love to play them again. I don't I don't know if that'll happen. And it's but... tough. It's really, really tough to beat a team three times, especially I still believe it. I said it after they beat us and swept us. I still believe our talent's on par or better than theirs. And we're getting better and better now, and we're getting healthy. So I think it would be very difficult for them to sweep us three-zip on the season. I would love to see them in the playoffs. I wanted to see them last year in the playoffs. And last year, we split with them in the regular season. This year, they swept us. I don't see a team like the Titans sweeping us three-zip. They're not that much better than us. They're not that much more well-coached than us. I just can't really see them beating us three-zip, especially – if they don't have Derrick Henry for the playoff game, which they might have him for that game, but it's not guaranteed. No. No, and, and I mean, the crazy thing about the Titans is they, they, they've they proven they can lose to anybody. Like, you can say what you want about us, but we take care of business against bad teams. Like, we that do. that's important. You we have to. Win it's our lifeline. Game. Up until yeah, this exactly. week, it kept us afloat. It, it, exactly, and that's – and then you look at the Titans, they've, they've really struggled against bad teams. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows with that team? I, I, I mean, because I know they still have to play. They play Houston again. They play Jacksonville again. I'm sure they've got some other crappy teams. <laughs> we're, we're counting the bad games left on their schedule. I mean, it's it's crazy, but dude, look at the look at their look at their record and who they beat. It's nuts. No, it's true. It's true. And I think they Jason. have the easy. I think they have the easiest schedule in the NFL down the stretch, and that's probably good for us. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> bad news for them. I mean, I still don't think we catch them because don't forget we would need to finish a full game ahead of them. No, I I agree. I agree. Right now we are two games back, which means we're really three games back. Right. If we went out, they would need to lose three more games. If we yeah, lose have, one game, they would have to lose four games. If we lose two games, they would have to lose five games. So, you know, right. it's obviously they'd very... have to implode and we would have to win all of our games. So, yeah, you're you're right. I'm just saying it's yeah. it's just crazy looking at them because I was saying how great they were a couple weeks ago yeah. when they were stomping the shit out and of the Rams. So. And they, it, right. And now they turn around and they get I mean, they I think they were down at one point. I could be wrong, but I think they're down at one point 19 to nothing to the Texans. So, I mean, this league is – the AFC this year is nuts. It's weird. I mean, it's very I mean at one point, the Bengals were the best. They went into the Baltimore and beat the brakes off the Ravens, and they turn around and they lose to the Jets. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it's they unbelievable. cracked by the Jets. Yeah, I hope we're – yeah, you're right. Houston was up 19-zip with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Wow. I hope we're not one of those teams where this was just our lucky performance, but I don't think it was because – even at 0-3, people were mocking me. At 0-3, I was putting out there that we have a top 10 roster in the National Football League. I thought coaching was holding us back, and I thought illogical decision-making was holding us back. Not giving the best running back, or at that time I thought he was the second best running back in football, the ball. Just little things like that. You have a quarterback on two bad angles, two sprains was playing in Carson Wentz, and you're going up against a team a divisional opponent that you know well, your running back is averaging six yards per carry and you abandon the run and you throw in a close game and a game we had leads in with your double bum ankle quarterback. It made no sense. And then the next time we play him, he does it again. So I really felt like that was holding us back. Reich has gotten much, much better. I thought last week against the Jaguars, even though he was balanced, which we like, was probably his worst coach game maybe over the last month. And then today was his best game probably ever since 2018. It was the best game he's coached. So, And the same with Flus. It was one of his better games as well. 
So it was just a really, really well-coached game. Bubba on special teams. Everybody did a good job. I mean, me and my dad kind of just looked at each other when it was, uh, I think it was 31-7 to 7 or 34. We were just like, can you believe this? Like, it was just... <laughs> Yeah. It was unbelievable, man. It's, it was just such a fun game. No sweating it out. No down to the wire. No no comeback. We finally buried a team and a good team at that. Man, I just hope going forward, uh, you know, we keep this same energy and play with the same emotion and, and intensity. And because, I mean, you know, anything's possible. There's, there's not like there's no team in the AFC that I'm like, oh, my God, we have no shot in this game. I think we can beat anybody. There's a road to victory in every con- every game because of the guy we have toting the rock, man. 28 is special, and as long as we run our offense through him, I feel like we have a chance to beat every team we play on the rest of this, in the rest of our schedule. So, and that includes next week against Tom Brady. So, we'll see what happens. But I, I really hope Frank and the offensive staff have figured out like the best way you know, to maximize the talent on our offense is to be balanced and, and, you know, have a kind of an even 60, 40 type type deal. And, and, you know, when it's, when it's bad conditions, that's when you really lean on that offensive line. And I thought today, I thought they were, this was the best I've seen them play all year as far as just opening holes and against, I mean, when you consider the, who they're playing against, they weren't playing against like a 30th ranked defense. They were playing against the best defense in the league. They didn't allow a ton of rushing yards. And they just, I mean, I don't know what we finished with. It had to have been over 220 yards I rushing. I think it's 264 as a team. Jesus. I think. Well, wait, wait, wait. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Wait, let me check. It was two, maybe 246, and I flipped the six and the four. I mean, that just shows the Colts can dominate anybody. Because the Bills have a really good, they 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 really have a, a solid rotation of D line. No, two sixty four, two six four. That's incredible. Yeah, forty six ab- I mean, carries as a team, including the two Wentz rushing attempts, and including Sam Ellinger had one attempt for nine yards. But a total team total forty six carries, two hundred and sixty four yards, five point eight yards per carry as a team. Four touchdowns rushing all for Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, Taylor, 5.8. Hines, 7.9. Wentz, 9.0 on his two. Jackson, six carries, 12 yards. He was 2.0. He was really the only weak link there. Pascal had the one little end around for nine yards. And Ellinger had one rush for nine yards. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's as... I mean, that's about as good as it gets, man. Against that defense, that's special. Um... I can't say enough good things from about the. I mean, people were probably annoyed because I've said the same thing fifty times. But I mean, after a game like this, it's just I, I'm so proud of the way the team played. I'm proud of the way that that they just came out and really just buried the Bills. I mean, they they took out Josh. I mean, they basically put the white flag up. I mean, that's hard to do in this league. Make a oh, team yeah. basically quit. To make a team basically quit is is pretty damn impressive, especially when you're considering. That team's playing at home. That team's in a divisional race. And we basically made them tap out. That that says a lot about this team. And going forward, I, I mean, it just – I've got a lot more confidence. And uh, I feel better about the defense. I thought the defense was really good today. I thought, you know, I thought the secondary was really, really good. I thought – I thought Rodgers was good. I thought Kenny was good. I thought Rock was good outside the one touchdown. Those three guys are playing great football. And, and George Odom's playing well, too. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll get Kari back, I think, next week. 
Um, then I'll be a big boost because he's a big time player for us and it means a lot to us in the secondary. But I mean, I just there's so many kudos to go around. I mean, the, the kickoff coverage, returning that ball, TJ Carey almost housing it. Um, you know, the D line, Darius gutting it out and playing. I mean, there's just so many good things to say. Badgley kicking in that crappy weather still hasn't missed. Unbelievable. So, I mean, dude, I don't have anything bad to say. The really only time I was bitching was the first possession of the second half. After that, and aside from that, I didn't have any complaints. I thought this was the most well-rounded, complete, dominating performance from a Colts team I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, and even that first possession of the second half, which bothered me, I wasn't bitching, and I even put on Twitter that up until this point, it's been a flawless game for Reich. Let's see how he responds after a bad drive. Let's see if he could get back on track. I'm okay with a bad possession. It happens. You don't want it to happen down two points or down four points with ball final possession. Of course, that possession you need to be on your A game, but you have a nice comfortable lead. Defense gets you the ball right back again after you go three and out or whatever it was to start the second half. And then he was fine again for the rest of the game. So if you call the game 97% perfect, that's perfect in my book because 100% is literally unheard of. Like who calls a perfect, perfect game? It's almost impossible. Yeah, I think the only reason I think I was bitching was because I thought maybe he was going into that like. Yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous about it for sure. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was, like, I was nervous about it. I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous about it, but I wasn't bitching because I was giving him the yeah, benefit well, of the doubt. He was so good up until that point, I was saying to myself, All right, I'm gonna see how he responds. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he basically called outside of that drive, he was per, I thought he called a perfect game. Me too. Me too. I mean, I thought some of those runs, those misdirection runs, where we hadn't seen those looks, those plays, and those were really, really good misdirection plays. You know, I just thought the all. I thought Doyle made a couple of really good plays and had some really good blocks. Uh, I don't think he'll get a, a lot of you know credit for that, but I, I mean, I definitely saw Doyle, you know, making big plays in the in the in the block with his blocking in the run game. Um, I thought they just all all of those guys, the tight ends, the running backs, the the offensive line were great. And then on defense, I thought the Colts, I thought they mixed it up. I saw a lot from, you know, different things from the, from the coverage. I thought pre-snap they lined up a certain way and then post-snap they, they showed something different. I thought Flus did a good job of disguising coverage. And I thought that that had a definite, definite effect on Josh Allen. He hasn't done a lot of that Flus throughout this season, but he did a lot of it today. And I thought it made a difference. I thought he showed some more aggressive looks and I thought he mixed and matched well. So I thought he was great. I mean, just like I said, man, I, everybody, all the coordinators were good today. The players balled in. The players were great. They played outstanding. And that's, I mean, that just shows you don't, like, Carson Wentz doesn't have to throw for 300 yards for his team to dominate somebody. He threw for 100 yards today, and we and we absolutely just annihilated a playoff team on the road in bad conditions. So uh, big win for the Colts. Can't say enough about Wright. Can't say enough about Flus. Bubba's, you know, Bubba's a really, really great coordinator as far as special teams goes. I think he's going to be a head coach in a couple of years. Uh, I think he's really, really good at what he does. And then the players, man, just buying in and going out there, Darius gutting it out, all those kind of guys that had 
had uh, injury injury issues all week and were, were limited, came out there and gutted it out just to, and, you know, just an outstanding performance from everybody. And uh, it gives us hope going forward, man, because I'll tell you what, at 0-3 and 1-4 and, and after that, that Ravens game and the second Titans loss, the way we kind of blew those games, I definitely was not feeling good about this team and I certainly wasn't thinking – that we would be able to go into Buffalo and win. And we just – we did not – not only went into Buffalo and won, we went into Buffalo and absolutely dominated, made a statement to the rest of the NFL that we're not done. This team's not done. And if you come and play this team, you better bring your hard hat because they're going to bring it. And they brought it today, and it was an outstanding performance. Absolutely. And we talk about it all the time, the character of this locker room. And Ballard's put a lot of emphasis into that and drafting guys who are captains in college, and to be able to start 0-3 and to have real backbreakers. You look at the Raven loss and the Titans loss. Those are heart-wrenching, blow-up-a-bad-locker-room kind of losses where you come out the next week and you lose to the Jets or something like that. But we haven't, and we've gotten better. And we've been able, and on short weeks, like the Raven game, we lose that. It's a short week. That's Monday night, short week. We're able to bounce back. And then you look at that Titans loss, short week, Thursday night football. We're able to bounce back. And that shows that we have a strong locker room. I know in those games we're playing, I think, the Texans and the Jets, I want to say. Oh, ironically, two of the three teams that the Titans have lost to this year. But... You know, being able to bounce back and bounce back on short weeks and not give up and then go into Buffalo the way they just did and not care that you haven't beat a good team all year and go out and blow the doors off them, it speaks volume to the locker room. And that can't go unnoticed. It's a good group of guys. They like each other. They love each other. They like to play together. And I think we'll see a lot more of that. We already saw last week on Hard Knocks. And... Nobody turned on each other. Nobody said, oh, this Wentz guy sucks after the Titans game when he looked like crap. The defense didn't quit on the offense. So it's just a good team in that regard. Even when we were losing, even at 0-3, you knew they wouldn't just kind of give up on each other because they're not wired that way because Ballard has put together a really good locker room. But a lot of teams, they implode with bad starts. If they have all the, They can have all the talent in the world, but they'll implode if the character isn't right. And the character in this locker room has always been elite. It's always been top-notch since Ballard's been here and got his guys in here. So that's never been an issue. But I think we should emphasize it when a team is able to battle through adversity the way this team has through the first 11 weeks of this season. Yeah, no question. And listen, I've been as hard as anybody you know, on Frank Reich. But one thing I will say about him and one thing I've learned about him is he's got this locker room. They believe in him. If you notice, this team, every time they have a bad game, they come out and play a really good game. You look at the Ravens game, come back, blow out the Texans. Uh, the you know the Titan game, we you know we blow out. Even if you go back to the first Titan game, we lose that game. We come out, we blow we them, blow out the Dolphins, but we won. Uh, and then you look at the second Titan game, we come back, we pr- pretty much blew out the Jets aside from the end of the game. And then last week, we, I, I thought we played one of our worst games against a really bad team. We did win, but then we come out this week and just absolutely blow the doors off the Bills. So one thing about this team is they overcome adversity. They've been, you know, they've been in a hole before the one and five start in eighteen, the one and four start this year, the zero and three start, and now they're sitting at six and five. They fall all the way back to get back above five hundred. In fact, we've never been above five hundred this year until today. 
So that says a lot about this team going forward that they, I mean, cause there, there's not a lot of teams in the history of the game that have started one and five and gone to the playoffs or started Oh, and three. And I don't even know if there's a team that has started Oh, and three and went to the playoffs. So maybe there's a couple, but I mean, so the Colts are still in this and I think they're going to be in it for the duration barring, you know, unforeseen circumstances like injuries or whatever, but I got to give Frank Reich a ton of credit. You know, he's not been perfect with the play calling and I've had a lot of issues with that, but there's a lot more to being a head coach and just play calling for him. And it's, it's keeping the team together, keeping them fighting, always having, you know, making sure that they're together that when they have, have bad losses, not letting one loss become two losses or two losses become three losses He's done a great job of that since he's been here, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And uh, I think he's one of the better coaches in the league at, at having players buy in and not letting one loss carry over. He's done a really good job with that this year. So going forward, man, I'm excited to see what, what this team has in store. We still have a lot of tough games left, but this was one we had to have for tiebreaker purposes, especially since I think New England is probably going to end up winning that division. They're playing absolutely great right now. And they've got two games with the Bills remaining. So to have this tiebreaker over the Bills is huge for the Colts, I think, going down the stretch. And I think, you know, just with the team that we have, any of these games, all these games are all winnable, in my opinion. We've got the talent to do it. We've got the coaches to do it. And this is a big step, a big first step towards, you know, making that playoff push at the end of the year. No question. And you know what time it is. Big win like this. For the culture, player of the game. And Jason, I really think we should just pick the same guy for the first time. Well, here's the deal. I- I'm picking the – you can pick Taylor. Okay. But I'm going to give Taylor. credit to the offensive. I'm giving my game ball. They can split up eight ways, but I'm giving it to the offensive line. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I'll give my game ball because, I mean, it's easy to give it to Taylor. But of Taylor course, doesn't yeah. run for damn near 200 yards, and we don't run for 260 yards without a really good performance by our O-line. So I'm giving my, my game ball to the O-line. I thought they were dominant. They, they they just pushed the Bills all over the field. I thought the tight ends blocked well, the receivers blocked well, and those five guys up front absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. It made Jonathan Taylor's life a lot easier. Um, you know, against that defense, it's easier said than done. They absolutely just played a great game and really dominated from start to finish. I don't think there was – any question who the more physical team was on that field, it was the Indianapolis Colts. So my game ball goes to those five guys up front, the tight ends, the wide receivers. Absolutely great job blocking today in the run game. Absolutely. And after the Jet game, when I gave my game ball to Jonathan Taylor, I said, I can't give a game ball to a running back without giving at least an assist to the offensive line, opening up holes for him. I'm glad you gave the game ball to the offensive line because they did a tremendous job today. Weren't asked to do much in pass pro. We only threw the ball 20 times, but they were tremendous in run blocking. And not just for Taylor, but for Hines, who had four carries for 31 yards. Deion Jackson had six carries late in the game. Wentz had the duck and was able to escape for, I think, 12 yards and pick up a third and 11. So the offensive line... Really good today. We were incredible on the ground. But as far as the guy, the man of the hour, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 185 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, which is his season average right now, four rushing touchdowns. And then he also caught three passes for 19 yards and a fifth touchdown. Five touchdowns on the day, historical day. I think they said first running back or first player in Colts franchise history to have five touchdowns. 
in a game. So you look, Edron James, Marshall Folk, Eric Dickerson, go back to Baltimore, hasn't been done. Elite company. I just named three Hall of Fame running backs who played for the Colts in the Indianapolis era. Jonathan Taylor, the first guy to score five touchdowns in a single game. Only a handful of guys in NFL history. Only five guys, five running backs since the year 2000 have accomplished that. And Taylor right now, I think he's in the MVP hunt. If we make the playoffs, we battle back from 0-3, and he rushes for 2,000 yards, which is a possibility. Right now, 2,000 yards and 20 rushing touchdowns, maybe 25 total touchdowns, is on the table for Jonathan Taylor. He's that good, and he's getting better, like you said earlier in the podcast. So my player of the game is Jonathan Taylor. I think he should be AFC Player of the Week or whatever award, the weekly awards they give out, FedEx Ground and Air Player of the Week. So he should be the Ground Player of the Week because I doubt anybody has a game better than that with 185 yards and five touchdowns. So Jonathan Taylor, man. He is fun to watch, and I'm excited to see Hard Knocks. Maybe they follow him home with the cameras tonight, and we get to see inside Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if he's married or has a girlfriend or what his family situation's like. I know the last two guys, and they might want to keep that very family-oriented. He's a young guy, second year in the league, so I'm not sure what his situation's like. But maybe they follow him home, and they do a little day in the life of Jonathan Taylor following a performance for the history books with five touchdowns. So that'll be fun, right? Wednesday night to see if HBO goes home with Jonathan Taylor because I'm sure they want to. That's definitely the hot topic tonight. No, Yeah, no question. I'm excited. Dude, I can't wait to watch it this week. I'm, oh my I'm, God, I'm, so much more, I'm more excited than last week. Oh, yeah, no question. I'm excited to review it. I'm excited to watch it. I mean, it, I mean, we keep playing like this, man. I, it's going to be a fun – it's going to be a fun rest of the year to watch that show. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited to review it, at, you know – because, you know, the fans basically said once we reviewed the first one that they want us to do every week. So we listen. We're going to do we're definitely going to review every every episode. And uh, I'm excited this week, man. I cannot wait to see the inside look at uh, the preparation for this game and, and the locker oh, yeah. room after this game. It's going to be fun, man. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm pumped up. I'm ready for Wednesday night. We'll be back Wednesday night. I'll get that up right away. So that'll end like 11 o'clock, 1120, depending on when they upload it to HBO Max. Last week, you started at 10, I think, and I didn't start till 1020. So I finished at like 1120 and we were able to record it and get it up like super early Thursday morning. That'll be Thanksgiving morning. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We'll wish you guys another happy Thanksgiving on Wednesday during the HBO episode. Then we'll come back on Friday. So everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving. We'll come back Friday with the game preview for Colts Bucks. We get the defending Super Bowl champs. And I feel like historically we've played pretty good against like defending Super Bowl champs and stuff like that. Like I think back even Pagano, we beat the Broncos the year they went to the Super Bowl. We beat the 49ers the year they were coming off the Super Bowl and Seattle the year they won the Super Bowl in 2013. So we had a little flurry there when we were beating really good teams under Pagano when Andrew Luck was basically just carrying a god-awful roster. And now we have a really good roster that's complete. And they're starting to play team football. And today was an example of that because you can't run for 264 yards with one guy. You need five up front. You need receivers blocking, tight ends blocking. You need to scheme it up right, as Frank Reich did defensively. Coming away with three takeaways. Of course, special teams, the takeaway. The guy kind of tripped, but the ball came out. We took advantage. Got it down to the one-yard line. Led to another one of Jonathan Taylor's five touchdowns. 
scored in this game. So really, really fun game, Jason. Fun podcast to be able to be not just talking about a win, but to be excited about a win. Because last week we won. I wasn't excited. You weren't excited. A lot of people listening weren't excited because it was kind of like a lethargic, oh, yeah, we won, but. And there's no buts today. The only but was we kicked butt today. We went to Buffalo. We kicked butt. We kicked ass. And it's a good night. Yeah, man. I, I'm excited. I know people give me a lot of crap for being negative. There's, I have nothing negative to say today. This is absolutely a huge win in every way. Great job by everybody. I saw some Colt fans and a lot of Colt fans at the game too. Shout out to all those fans that represented in the rain. Man, just I feel great about this team right now, the way they played, the way they fought. The coaching staff obviously had a great game plan coming into this one. And just, I mean, what can you say, man? Just a, just a historical performance today by – by our running back and just an absolute butt kicking from beginning to end to say I'm shocked would be putting it lightly. I thought we had a good chance to win, but to go out there and just blow the doors off them in that stadium, is not easy to do. And it shows what this team is capable of going forward. So man, I, I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more pumped up about the rest of the season because I really feel like this team is capable of, of beating anybody anywhere and that's that's a good feeling to have going forward with the with the schedule we have left because we play some really good teams. But I don't feel like there's any game we can't win with this with this team with with this coach and with that running back. I, I just I think we'll we'll have a shot to win them all. So yeah. I'm really pumped, Luke, and I'm excited for the rest of the year, man. Yeah, you play like this, you coach like this. There's no reason you can't beat anybody. It's the weirdest league year I've ever seen. Anybody could beat anybody. Anybody could lose to anybody. But if we consistently play the way, and that's going to be tough because nobody in the league right now is playing consistently. But if we could, I think we have a chance to beat anybody. And next week, we have another tough test next week to get on the Super Bowl champs. So we have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks come into town. They're on a two-game losing streak. Tom Brady hasn't lost three consecutive games since the year 2002. They play the Giants tomorrow night. So if they lose on Monday Night Football, that'll be his third consecutive loss. I don't know if he's ever lost four in a row, but I think they beat the Giants. So I guess we won't have that opportunity. But point is, Tampa's dropped two in a row. So anybody could beat anybody. And when we play the way we just played, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat us. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We will be back Wednesday night to wrap up the HBO episode two of Hard Knocks, in-season Hard Knocks, featuring the Indianapolis Colts. So it'll be fun. Jonathan Taylor coming off an historic performance. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Jonathan Taylor talk, a lot of great quotes coming from guys around the organization about Jonathan Taylor. So that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be Wednesday night right here on the For the Culture Podcast.